desire to go overseas resurfaced. So, in 1997, I moved to Vienna, Austria, where I went on staff with Young Life International, and I also taught at a missionary kids' school there. While in Vienna, I briefly met Marcus a few times. No real interaction, just a kiss-kiss kind of thing, and that was it. He didn't speak English, after all, and my German German was spotty. Um, So we joke that when we met, he was illegal, because he was. He was 16, and I was 28. Um, He was just my student Andrew's tall, Austrian, smiley friend to me. And she was just Andrew's teacher, Miss Langston, to me. Yes, I was Miss Langston. (laughs) I moved to Portugal in 2000, and the next three years would be some of the best years of my life. I was thriving in ministry and in my relationships, but then I was deeply hurt by some colleagues in ministry. I felt abandoned and lost, and instead of running to Jesus, I ran to my then-boyfriend, which led to the beginning of a spiritual downward spiral in a very long and dark decade Mm. for me. I eventually moved back to the States in 2003 and landed here in Dallas. It was the hardest few years of my life. I was in culture shock, and my life was turned upside down living back in the States. I began to turn to the world to fulfill me again. I was angry and bitter, so I wandered in the desert for a very long time. It wasn't that I had turned my back on the Lord. It was just that I didn't know how to praise Him in the midst of my pain. Church was the last thing I wanted, but it was the very thing I needed the most. Hmm. That's good. I decided to visit some friends in Las Vegas in 2005, and during the the three months I was overseas, my mom found out that my dad had an affair, and he left my mother for another woman, and that just rocked my world. Uh, In Vegas, I lived with our mutual friend, and Mary Kay came to visit uh, him one weekend, and she quickly became more than Andrew's teacher, and I was definitely not calling her Miss Langston anymore. And uh, a lot of things have changed since we met in Vienna. Just six years prior, uh, I fell completely uh, in love with her. And I eventually moved to Texas in 2006. And I didn't have a steady job, so I thought, why not? Uh, But after three months, I either had to go back to Vienna or make my move here permanent. So we decided, in a very classic way, to elope in Vegas on August 24th, 2006, and that's anniversary number one. Yes. Classy. Yes. That's where Britney Spears got married. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I went with a girlfriend to Vegas to celebrate my 35th birthday. Marcus and I were reintroduced that weekend and fell in love. I knew he wasn't a believer, but I was in such a dark place and so desperate for love and acceptance that I didn't even care. I even overlooked the fact that he was just 23 years old. I was enamored that he was Austrian, and that seemed like a sign that it was meant to be. Maybe he would be my ticket back to Europe, so I thought. Um, We ended up eloping while we were in Vegas without anyone knowing. I woke up a few months later and wondered, what have I done? I began to feel shame. I realized that the day I had dreamed about my whole life and waited 35 years to experience was done in secret and in shame and with a non-believer. I also began to realize what my distance from the Lord was doing to me. I saw the reality of our lives and how hard it was going to be, our age difference, the culture differences, being unequally yoked, the language barrier, which is actually a funny story because 
I didn't realize um, until years later that he didn't speak English as well as he had led me to believe. I remember thinking he was such a good listener because he would just listen and laugh at my stories. And it turns out that the first year of our marriage, he barely in- understood anything that I said. Um, yeah. True story. Yeah. yeah. We figured that out years later. Yeah. But we fin- eventually had an amazing wedding in front of our family and friends on October 27, 2007. And that's anniversary number two. And we, every year we go back which, year, which wedding we, we celebrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I thought, though, if we had a wedding, then it would be legit and the shame would go away. Two months later, I was pregnant. And in 2008, our son Isaiah was born. During this time, I started to struggle again with my self-worth. I gained a lot of weight during pregnancy, and I began to feel very insecure. I hated myself. I felt that Marcus was disgusted with me, too. I also didn't take to being a mother that easily, and it didn't help that we were so isolated. I was so depleted spiritually that I was like a shriveled-up prune. I had hidden my house for almost 10 years carrying this burden, that I, the missionary, would choose a life separated from the church. I didn't know how to reconcile that. I didn't know how to thrive in the Lord and not have a husband who understood that part of me. I couldn't merge the two. The the anger built up inside of me, and I literally grew to hate him. I began to blame him for my unhappiness, when deep down I knew that my validation and happiness should come from the Lord. Our marriage suffered in every way. Marcus and I became like roommates. I treated him horribly. I was mean not only to him, but to myself and to everyone that entered my path. Through the years, I prayed for his salvation, and briefly I would see glimmers of hope that his eyes would be opened, but I would get so heavy from discussing it with him. Like, I felt responsible for his emotional well-being. It weighed me down, and I would get frustrated and angry that he just didn't get it. And this is really hard to admit, um, but I even envisioned beating him with a baseball bat at times, and it actually brought me pleasure. And it's it's not funny, but it is, but I would never do that, but that's how much I hated Mm -hmm. him. Um, How do I stay in a loveless marriage without intimacy? Our sex life had suffered, and we would go years without being intimate. I didn't feel desirable, which then would push Mm -hmm. him away. It was this horrible, vicious cycle. But then things took a crazy turn in our marriage, and in the spring of 2015, Marcus came into my office and told me that he didn't love me anymore, and he wanted out, that he was done. Yeah, um, everything went really uh, quickly after our wedding, and I depended on Mary Kay a lot, since it was a different country, culture, language, as, as she just mentioned, etc., Uh, We put our son first, which I thought as a great parent, that's what you have to do. Uh, I also didn't know how to lead. I was passive and lazy, which put a lot of weight and and responsibility on her shoulders. Uh, She had to take care of everything. Uh, She felt like she had to teach me about life because, let's face it, I was a kid when we married. Uh, She even had to teach me how to drive a car. And uh, that's no joke. (laughs) The dynamic of our relationship became more like a brother and sister. And she had basically lost respect for me as I had no clue how to be a husband or what that role really meant. Uh, The pride and shame from that led to anger and frustration on my part. I knew I was letting her down and I could see how unhappy she was. We started attending Watermark on and off around 2011, and while Mary Kay was a believer and a follower 
a follower of Christ, I still didn't understand it. Uh, we had many conversations about Christ, but I just didn't get it. I really liked the music here, and it was very different than a traditional Catholic service. But, and I also noticed the people here at church and their vibe and how fulfilled, uh, how fulfilled they seemed. And there were some services throughout the years that I, that I would just start crying and felt something, but I would ignore those feelings. I remember Mary Kay always telling me that it's God working in you. Um, in late 2014, uh, I started a friendship with a female co-worker, which grew into a full-blown uh, affair. And I felt that relationship could fix all my anger and frustration. I told Mary Kay that I was done, and I didn't love her anymore. And later that night, I came home from work, not sure what to expect, but I saw an immediate change in her. Uh, I heard her deeply, and I knew that. Uh, but she told me that she still loved me. And she asked me if there was anyone, anyone else in, in, in our life. And I lied to her, and I said no, but she found out the truth on her own. So through that time, I really started uh, reading the Bible and began looking for answers. And Mary Kay showed me grace each and every day. She was seeing me through God's eyes, which I didn't understand. And how and why could she be so calm? She knew I was lying, which hurt her so much, but she still showered me with grace. We went to counseling and also started going here to re-engage. On the first night after hearing a powerful testimony, I knew I needed to surrender to Jesus. And a few weeks later, after meeting with my counselor, I went to Watermark. I was listening to worship music and reading my Bible. And for the first time, I truly understood what Christ did for me. When there was a man on earth sent by our Holy Father, his only son, and his, his name is Jesus. He gave his life for me. He got punished, tortured, beaten, and nailed on the cross for my sins. I soaked everything in. I could not stop crying. I thought to myself, think about it. That is the most selfless thing someone can do for you, just out of love. Jesus died on the cross for us, so we can live free. I had an epiphany, feeling God's presence. Praying to him, save me, Lord. I'm tired of running from you. My life is a mess. Take my heart, Lord. It's all yours. Forgive me for my sins. I surrendered my life to my Lord and Savior. And by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, I was saved. Amen. <laughs> um, it was in those moments after he told me he didn't love me that changed the course of my life forever. I had a choice to make. Uh, uh, I chose to get on my knees in forgiveness and brokenness and surrender mm -hmm. my life back to the Lord. I began to pray for hours for forgiveness and um, for the Lord to show me my part in the breakdown of our marriage because it took both of us to get to that place. I began to be broken over my sin and how I had treated him. In those precious moments, the feelings for him came flooding back. The anger, resentment, shame was just gone. It was replaced with joy and peace and love. I reached out to him and told him I wasn't giving up and that I was going to fight for a marriage. It was incredibly sweet what was happening with my relationship with the Lord during this period of time. It wasn't until a few weeks later that I found out he was actually having an affair with a beautiful young girl. It was my worst nightmare that she was young and full of life and basically everything that I wasn't. Again, I had a choice to make. Do I let anger once again control me, or do I show this man grace? Mm. 
So I chose grace. I prayed, I loved, I served, and transformed in front of his very eyes. He did not stop his relationship with her for a while, but I continued to serve him. The Lord showed me early on that this was a spiritual battle, and it wasn't about me. It wasn't about Marcus. This was about bringing glory to him. I prayed for Marcus's salvation diligently. I knew that that was the answer. By the grace of God, over time, the Lord revealed himself to Marcus, and the scale fell from his eyes. Hmm. Um, My relationship with God and Mary Kay moved in the right direction. I loved God and fell in love with my wife all over again, which I did not think it was possible. I'm amazed by his grace and Mary Kay's grace towards me. After our reconciliation, we were doing so well, but little did we know we were about to walk through some of the hardest days of our lives. In the fall of 2015, just a few months after our reconciliation, I got really sick and almost died. I had a severe reaction to an antibiotic and got Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Don't Google any images on that. (laughs) Uh, I was on life support, and it was during this time that my faith was strengthened. The Lord protected me, and now I'm um, sitting here today. Yeah, those were some scary days. I remember thinking, Lord, why would we go through the past year and come out of it back to, for come out of it back together mm-hmm. for him to just die? It was touch and go, but I prayed over him and gave him to the Lord in the hospital. As he was coming off of life support and waking up, he began to witness to the nurses. It was just it was incredible that just six months prior he was running away from God and wanted to leave his family. But the dark days continued. After Marcus got well, he was laid off from his job two different times. Then that next year at age 45, I took a pregnancy test, and it was positive. I was pregnant. We thought, this is the big red bow to wrap up this hard season of life. We've avoided divorce, death, job loss. This must be our happy ending. See, I had wanted another child so desperately But Marcus didn't, and I hated him for that. Mm. I grieved for a child that I did not have for years. But sadly, I lost the baby at 12 weeks, and we were absolutely devastated. I personally walked through a really dark time and watched Marcus support me, cry with me, and even come to his own revelations regarding having more children, which was another step in the healing of us as a couple. Mm -hmm. Yes, I realized that I had manipulated her because I'm selfish. I didn't think our marriage would last. So the last thing I wanted was another baby. But once Christ transformed my life, I was broken over the pain that I caused her. I had to ask for forgiveness and also forgive myself because I had to grieve that we may not have another child because of me. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. That's why filling our minds with the perfect word of God is so important. By grounding our common sense in God's word, we rely on him and not ourselves. And then uh, Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 is our family verse. It was my life verse before I met him, but then it became our family verse and the reason why we named our son Isaiah. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do, do you not perceive it? I am a making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Mm-hmm. This is 
again, I'm repeating myself, basically <laughs> began, uh, been my life first. And so I clung to it again. It was a promise that he was going to do a new thing in our family, and he did. He brought death to life and ashes to beauty. Our marriage is far from perfect, <laughs> um, <laughs> but now we have hope and we have direction, and now we know um, that we need to focus on ourselves first, fix what is in our circle, which I'm sure you all have heard that a lot, but it works. I cannot believe the transformation in this man. He is leading our home. He prays over his family. He studies the word. It is truly amazing what the Lord has done in his life and in our marriage. And only Jesus could take our mess and make it beautiful. Hmm. That's good, babe. Um, just to, I don't know, you know, how you walked into what your marriage problem is or, you know, all that stuff. But what I do know is uh, no matter how deep we are in our sin, uh, no matter what our struggle is, um, no matter what hinders us, Know that God has the power to pull you out of this. And he can give you the power, the strength, and the courage to do so. So please, don't reject him. Uh, let him into your marriage. And you maybe ask the question, why is marriage so important? Because it's important to God. And I just want to encourage you all that no matter where you are in your journey, that the Lord can restore your marriage. He can. Um, and he will do that for you if you're just willing you just need to be willing. Mm -hmm. He is for you, and he is for your marriage, and he wants reconciliation. So please keep coming back. You are in the right spot, and he will meet you here. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank, Thank you. you all for listening to our story of redemption.